0: So welcome back to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. I've got a great guest again this week, Um, and my guest is Rachel Hudson. She's Managing Director of, of a company called YB, which we'll explore shortly. And we're going to explore how she's built a brand, a value set, and some real business momentum as a relatively new Managing Director. So for anyone with aspirations around taking their business forward, this should be a cracking watch and a cracking listen. So no pressure. Welcome, Rachel, to the podcast. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. Great to have you on. You've been on a couple of my um, training sessions on Zoom and with your team and things, and I've always found you, so your contributions really interesting. And I know you've been on quite a journey, and I thought our guests, our, um, our podcast listeners certainly would be potentially interested in, in what that journey looks like. So, I guess, shall we start to explore that a little bit, Rachel? Absolutely fine. Yes, that'd be great. Excellent. OK, well, um, we're going to explore your journey to becoming an MD. You work in an industrial fixings business, which in itself is unusual from a gender perspective. We're not going to play the gender card a lot, but we are going to explore that a little bit later on. But it's quite a male orientated and male dominated sector, I would imagine. Um, but that doesn't seem to have been a barrier to ambition or success. So... Um, Tell us a little bit about YB, first of all, Um, what does it do, which sectors do you service and and support, and what's your sort of product range?
1: Okay, so if I may firstly just say that we are now known as YB Fix-Ins, but previously we have been known as Young Black Industrial State and Limited. Um, We we were a company that was formed in 1979, uh, registered in Scotland. Um, but our actual main base is here in Spindon, in Wiltshire. Um, We we distribute a number of different types of industrial fastenings, um, mainly to the timber frame industry, um, but also to the construction world with the rebar tool that we hold, um, and also to the light gauge um, steel frame industry, which is the modular side of construction, which is an up and coming area. Um, we have um, a, we have an employee base of 30 people, um, six of which are out on the road around the UK and Ireland.
0: So your six out on the road are your sort of external account managers, representatives, building relationships, that kind of thing, yeah?
1: Absolutely, yeah. They are the people that are the, our
0: face to our customers, yeah. yeah. Okay, and your customers are UK-wide and Ireland or uh, EMEA or just UK?
1: UK and Ireland,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big enough. Big enough market to go for, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, um, you've been in the business since pre-pandemic. It seems we've we've now got this thing, haven't we? Which is a demarcation of pre-pandemic, pandemic, post-pandemic, and so you've been in there uh, since since before the, the pandemic. But um, and whilst we through the worst of it, it's been a challenging couple of years for anyone. How's things at the moment in terms of things like supply chain, raw materials, you know, you still having ongoing challenges that that were, were created by the pandemic?
1: To be honest, no, we, we've been very lucky. Um, our purchasing manager actually forward ordered, you know, quite well in advance. Um, so where we see a lot of our competitors running out of stock and not being able to fulfill orders, um, we've got, got to got get to plenty of stock on board. Um, and, you know, we only really suffered from the COVID side when the government shut down construction right early on in the pandemic situation. Um, and then, you know, since we've all reopened again, business has gradually got better and better and better. Um, the only thing I, th- I would say actually affects us, which is part of uh, COVID is the cost of freight and the cost of steel, because as you can imagine, fixings are mainly still based. So yeah. as soon as that starts rocketing, you know, our costs start
0: rocketing up as well. It's really hard to plan for that as well, isn't it? Because, you know we, know, we don't know where the end of that is. We don't know where the top of the peak is going to be. And like you say, fuel costs as well, you, you're shipping stuff around. So you've got transport costs, you've got raw material costs, but at least you've got the raw material and stock available, which has kept you trading. And I, and I suspect that the, uh, well, I know actually, the construction industry opened back up quite quickly, you know, heavily regulated in terms of, you know, on-site COVID restrictions and social distancing and the likes. But, but actually, you know, you won't have had much of a break in in, in trading then, will you, during that, uh, th- those early days that, you know, some people didn't recover from that because it was too long for them.
1: No, absolutely. We were very lucky. Um, it was only really, it was m- half of March 2020, April and May, and then it was like the back end of May that we really started coming back. Yeah. Um, so it was only literally a couple of months for us. As soon as, as soon as the factory started opening up back, you know, again and you know, guys were back on site, then we we were up and running again.
0: Yeah, because they're building stuff and they need your fixings, don't they? So Absolutely. Ultimately, ultimately, yeah. Happy day, happy days for you at uh, YV Fixes and Rachel, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so if you haven't got challenges that that a lot of businesses have got with supply chain and, and and that kind of stuff, what keeps you busy and occupied most days and what's your biggest challenge on a day-to-day basis, Rachel, as, as a relatively new MD, which we're going to explore in a minute? Okay, so
1: as myself, what keeps me busy, um, I would say are people um, it's because we've been through such a large transition in the last 18 months or so, um, you know, it's taken a little bit of time for people to get used to, you know, me as, as MD um, and the new pathway forward. Um, so it is about making sure people feel, you know, kind of settled and valued and things like that. And it's just reassuring the people that are here because, you know, we've had a few redundancies along the way. Um, and again as everybody will know redundancies do shake up a company mm. no matter how much you try to you know tell people it's you know it's for the good of the business it still has that shake up and an ongoing effect so it it, it is mainly people that take up my time
0: yeah I mean at the end of the day from an MD's point of view that's a, a it's a welcome response to be fair because with 30 people, you know, you've got a lot of responsibilities, haven't you? A lot of mouths to feed, a lot of uh, uh, expectations. And 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 we'll explore now how that role came about, because you come from a, a very different role. Don't you? you come from a financial control, a financial controller role. I'm looking at your, um, your LinkedIn profile, and it sort of says, you started in the business as a financial controller in August 2019. And then through a series of things, which we'll explore in a second, took on, an interim MD role in May 2021, you know, and then have taken on the full-time role of MD in October 2021. So it's been quite a journey over about two years and and, and at quite some pace, really. Um, culturally, are you very different to what was in place before then? Because that's the thing that people sometimes struggle with, don't they? Because culture takes time and, you know, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy win for the for the MD. So, you know, is, is the cultural bit that you try to achieve the bit that's caused the, the, a little bit of sort of concern or what's it been like for the transition for you?
1: So, okay, if I, if I just go back to the point of, of my background, as you say, yes, yeah, so I started in the business as financial controller in August, 2019. And then as we all know, COVID hit in the March, 2020. Um, the previous MD always had a plan to retire, Um, and we were interviewing different candidates, um, then COVID hit and we, we then kind of had a conversation of, you know, how are we going to continue with this recruitment plan? Um, and then we came to a decision that why not look at me? Why, you know, as you know, someone new into the business, um, getting to learn the business, you know, it would be a good stepping stone for my progress. Um, so then we, we came up with a plan, um, and then, as I say, COVID hit and obviously the plan goes out the window and and, um, and then the plan just just didn't you know come about. And then the old MD then left the business um, last year and then I took on the role as, um, as you say, interim MD. But in the meantime, I was also finance director as well. My 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 career path um, literally rocketed within months and wasn't expected from my, my point of view. Um, but it's, it's ended up being, you know, a, a great plan that's, that's come about eventually. Um, so, yeah, we do have, you know, a bit of culture change that needs to be um, kind of looked at and again, changed and developed. But that's not something you can do overnight. That does take time and investment, um, not just by me or the business, but by the employees as well, because they're the people that are going to make that change. I'm, I'm here to lead that. But it's all about everybody else taking part in that. So previously, um, the MD was kind of quite autocratic, let's say. Mm. Um, whereas I'm kind of, you know, a more modern MD. I'd like to say um, yeah. and open to listen to people's opinions and where, you know, what what they would like to do in their career as well. And if I can help other people along that pathway, then then great
0: there would be a lot of skills in the business as well, would not there, with a, a mature workforce, who, some of which have been there a long time, and <clears throat> sometimes about getting the best out of them and creating an environment where they can sort of re-energise themselves in in, in in some respects. And, you know, coming from a finance background, what I would say is some of that takes money and investment. Um, is, there a, is there a clash between financial prudence and developing sort of the 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 pathways if you like for your team to to thrive because the two the two could clash couldn't they potentially
1: mm, yeah they could yeah um I wouldn't say in, the culture change as I say is kind of like little stepping stones um so from a business point of view although I've invested in making that change I haven't I haven't gone out and you know kind of engaged with a company that helps with culture change I haven't I haven't done that I've decided typical Rachel kind of thing. I've actually decided to do it myself in a funny kind of way. Um, because I, I, I see it in the fact of you know I came into the business as as an employee. Um, and now I'm kind of the employer. So I, I get both sides of where YB sit. Yeah. So although I've invested time, but not that much money. So like one of the starting points was you know the rebrand and also just recently just last week in fact we finished a refurb in the offices mm. so our offices our environment now feels modern whereas previously it was probably a 1980s kind of feel
0: uh, yeah i've i've got a feeling i've not been <clears throat> to to your place but i've got a feeling of you know the the traditional sort of um, office environment, little squirrely sort of places and little sort of side rooms and all that kind of thing, but and, and a bit dark and, and whatever. And, and culturally, you know, people come to work and, and that's what they're working sometimes in an industrial environment, but it doesn't have to be that way, does it? We'll explore the rebrand in a minute. Um, let's stick to the financial background. So I'm interested as an MD, and we've called this about, you know, building business momentum, brand and, and value set. Um, from a strong financial background, the MD role often comes from that, but it also comes from sales and marketing operations, wherever it might be. How have you found your background in terms of, of hitting the floor running then from a financial point of view? Has it been a, an advantage? Has it been a, a limitation based on the fact that you've you've only worked in the financial part of, of businesses before? How has it been for you in terms of your transition into the, into the MD role, Rachel, do you think?
1: Um, To be honest, I think it's gone quite, quite well, um, hand in hand, really, because like you say, it's almost like a salesperson coming into an MD would purely be about turnover. And it's all about selling to the customers. But I'm more about the bigger picture. Um, And because of having done the management accounts previously, I know what it looks like. I know what our targets are probably better than a sales guy coming in and being an MD. Um, So it kind of gives me an all round kind of picture. What I really rely on is my sales director, Mm. because, and and again, you know, he's kind of stepped newish into his role, um, probably six months prior to myself, although we've been in the business a long time. So I, I heavily rely on him. And again, that's kind of key for me because I'm empowering him to support me. Um, and it's like I'd much rather kind of empower him and rely on him than knowing little bits about a lot.
0: Well, you you don't need to be a sales director, do you? At the end of the day, you've got a sales director. You need to know what the sales director's responsibilities are and expectations on that role. But I really liked, and and I'm, I'm glad we're exploring this, I really liked what I'd seen on various calls previously. You don't seem like that micromanager Type of autocratic sort of leader, as you say, you sort of seem more, much more modern than that, you know. And and I think the fact that the business is going to be run prudently and, and fiscally sort of well is a good is a good starting point because without that, you know, it's all built on shifting sands if you're not careful, isn't it?
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, I'm intrigued then because one of the early moves you made as MD. Was it was a rebrand? I mean, talk about brave and talk about sort of you know big. If you can do something, Rachel, what we'll do is we'll rebrand the business. That's not well, first of all, it's it can be quite expensive. Secondly, it can be all encompassing. And thirdly, potentially it can be a bit of a nightmare, can't it? The whole thing. Um, first of all, why did you do that from young black to YB fixings? Why what was the thinking behind that? And secondly, what was the rebrand in terms of everything, and and how's it gone? Talk us through the rebrand. First of all, why why would why would that be one of your earliest moves? I was fascinated when you did that, coming particularly from the background. If you were a marketing director who'd taken the MDs, or I could totally understand. But from being a financial control person to doing a rebrand, it was quite a, an unusual and brave brave uh, uh, challenge. Um, no, you are right,
1: Nick. It was it was quite brave. Um in today's world if you were to go on to a search engine and type in young black you can imagine the sort of things that would come up
0: I never. hang hang on hang on let's let you stop for a minute and let the audience let that permeate a little bit yeah that's going to take you to some different places that you don't want to buy industrial fixings and staplings from isn't it
1: absolutely and it was an area of the internet that i as a new md did not want to be associated with
0: that seems fair
1: so yes um back in the day that would have been fine but in today's world it just it just didn't work and so i then took the decision you know a lot of people called us yb anyway Mm. um i didn't want to get rid of the heritage that came with the business Um, And I wanted to keep that. And I thought that was also key from a company kind of journey. It was important to keep that history there. Um, And so we kind of, you know, talked it over as a management team um, and came up with YB Mm Fixins. And then, yeah, just decided to launch the rebrand at the end of January uh, in 2022, this year. Yeah, um, and it's just gone from strength to strength. Um, our website, our old website, was it wasn't user friendly to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I think, fun. I
0: think, I think from memory, it looked like sort of a Windows ninety seven version of a nineteen ninety five website, did it not? And that's not being un- unkind, but that's kind of if anyone's listening or watching, just visualise that, and it was that kind of you know feel about it, wasn't it?
1: It was, it was very much so. It was almost like, you know, there was no scrollability on most of the pages. It was just what you saw on the screen was, that was it. Um, And yeah, it didn't promote us as a business at all. Um, And so, yeah, we launched the new website at the end of January, which is now a lot more hip and trendy and, you know, a lot more user-friendly, with different clicks. It's still, you know, still in development. It's not the final thing. Um, but you know it's it's given a better picture a better image for our customers and suppliers of what we are and who we
0: are. And it works on mobile and tablet devices which they need to do these days the other one probably didn't do that and also when people are searching for YB they're not being taken to places on the internet that they don't necessarily want to be and then and then being embarrassed and awkward about the whole sort of situation so you know that is a fair point that that is Often overlooked, isn't it? When people choose, I mean, obviously you only work UK and Ireland, but you hear stories of people choosing a a business name and and the the, the the working internationally, and it means something, you know, really quite nasty in Greece or you know, Thailand or something, you know. So you've got to be very careful, haven't you, about where your brand sits and where you fit. Really, okay. So, um, so how much was bringing the brand into the twenty first century? And the driving force behind that part of the whole thing around culture change as well you ran them together did you was it all part of a, a journey internally and externally
1: it, it was indeed yeah and that's also part of you know that the redecoration that we've had recently in the building as well so you know again it's almost like if you're going to change that culture you need to change everything it's not just about how the people work and how the people think if those people are still in the old situation, the old environment, they're going to mentally still think in the same way. Mm. So it was almost like get a new presence out there, get a new environment to work in, um, kind of, you know, all updated. And then all of a sudden, the old young black industrial stapling is a thing of the past. Yeah, um, And now everybody is now... YB fixings and it did take a little bit of time you know for the, the ladies answering the phone to remember that they're YB fixings and not young black yeah. um, and as, as it does with with the reps out on the road as well um, but it was it was a big thing about let's do it all together and when we launched the website we launched it um, at midday Everybody that was in Swindon were, were here. We all, you know, pressed the button at the same time and opened a bottle of bubbly and, you know, did the cheer sort of thing. Mm. And it was a real celebration time. And again, that was important to have the team on board during that process to make them aware of how big this was. You know, we've been known as young Black since 1979. Mm. Now all of a sudden we're changing but it's been received so, so well. Um, and I kind of feel that, you know, although that's my my stamp on the business, I kind of feel a little bit disappointed that the old MDs weren't around to see that yeah. um, and kind of embrace that change. But you know, it's it's my stamp on the business. Everyone has their own stamp. So, and this one was mine. It was quite Well, a one.
0: <laughs> you, 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 you certainly stamped it early and hard didn't you so you know that's uh you, you can certainly feel the sort of Rachel Hudson influence on that and, and I would say to you you know having seen the previous incarnation and the new one you know it's great work and like I said to work in progress these things always are um in terms of sitting that alongside where you're taking people on the journey and that kind of stuff um you seem to be values based as well as a business you know in terms of having some strong personal values that you want to bring to the team and then bring those values into the business. Are you doing any specific work on values and, and linking those values to the brand? How's that, how's that working alongside your branding?
1: So in the old, in the old days, pre YB, um, we, as a business, we had a mission statement mm-hmm. that not many of us knew, <laughs> um, definitely didn't have any that company values or, you know, a plan of, of what we're about. Mm. Um, but so again, that's part of the cultural change. Um, we are working on it, but like I said earlier, things do take time. And mm. um, um, what I'm—we've started um, with a company that's I've worked with, you know, from my day one as MD, mm. um, and they're on board. We're doing things like you know, 360 assessments with certain you know key members of the management team and of all of the employees as well. Yeah. And from that, we will slowly build the picture. And we'll come to a conclusion just naturally of what our values are and kind of come up with those, you know, four or five statements that is YB Fixins.
0: And I think that's important. A lot of people think that's fluff and nonsense, don't they? You know, it's like, but I think in 2022 and beyond, a lot of businesses are looking for a value match, aren't they? are looking for organisations that look like them, think like them, feel like them, you know, as part of the supply chain and customer experience so you know I think it's great to see the the emphasis on that and the fact that you understand the impact it can make and and that you and what I really like about that is that you'll get there without forcing it because there's so many businesses I've worked with organizations where they've got values on the wall. And if you ask someone to close their eyes and say, what are the values of the business? They couldn't recite them. You know, they, oh, I think there's one about so-and-so. Integrity's up there somewhere. You know, it's like, they're not really values if they're not embedded and they're not part of the culture of the organisation. So that's great to see. And none of this sounds like you're a finance person, by the way, Rachel, which is
2: brilliant. <laughs> you know,
0: we, I'm not knocking finance people, but, you know, you're very well-rounded for someone who's come from a very disciplined role, aren't you?
2: I
1: am, yes. And i I, I don't know, I don't like to conform. If anybody out there knows me, they know I like to be different. Um, I've never conformed to the stereotypical picture of an accountant. Mm. Um, I've always branched into other areas of the business. Um, and I guess that's probably where now all of that experience now comes on board. Um, and I think, you know, the guys here kind of appreciate my background, because like I say, it wasn't that long ago I was... I, I hate to say it, but I was one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sat, I only, sat next to them. You sat next to them in the in yeah. the office. Did dingy as it might have been, but you were sat next to them in the in the dingy office uh, and, and and putting your shift in, weren't you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it's like, like I say, it wasn't that long ago. I was one of them, and I am still one of them. Okay, mm. I'm I'm I've got the title of managing director, but every morning I still make everybody in the office a cup of tea.
0: Wow. If they're all in early at 30, that's a hell of a round, isn't it? That in terms of 30. Uh, I saw one of my clients recently have got on their wall, they've got a color chart for which color, exactly which color tea you want. And I found that fascinating. And they've all got nicknames. And mine is the second, second darkest tea, and it's called You Must Be Joking it's like almost like and so it's like who's drinking tea that mine's like oxtail soup and other people drink it like horlicks so it's quite a pressure making around the tea in an office isn't it really Rachel it is
1: it is I I have to admit it's only for the guys in the office because <laughs> doing it downstairs the guys in the workshop and the warehouse that would be a big feat definitely. that would be
0: you'd need a big tray wouldn't you for that <laughs> okay <laughs> um one thing worth exploring, and I've had a few of, of, of the Indertrade family businesses on here, and you're a, another Indertrade business, which is, um, you know, part of an umbrella organization that, that, that develops and helps and supports you as YB Fix-Ins. One of the things I love about Indertrade and, and their sort of family businesses is this access that they give you to support, training and other development sort of tools, and um, you've been very active on putting your team on to all sorts of things, haven't you? You know, I, I run things as various uh, programs run by other, other uh, uh, people within the IndoTrade family. How important has it been to you to invest in that training and development and, and, and how people reacted if they haven't been on that before? Because I hadn't seen many YB or young black people previously. And now suddenly I'm seeing lots of YB people on things. That's quite a change for them. How's that been uh, received then and, and, and why have you done that?
1: Um, the reason I've done that is to, you know, encourage the employees and to, you know, help build the employees within the business. Just because you come to work doesn't mean that's, that's, that's it. You know, you're here to do a job and that's it. I'm here forever doing this job. It's not about that.
0: Hmm. It's
1: about making sure that these guys are, you know, encouraged to learn more and encouraged to develop and then from there you know who knows what the future may bring mm. um, and you're right yeah I mean previously they weren't on courses um but it's something again you know I think it's very important to keep in a funny kind of way keep the you know the gray matter ticking over yeah um, because we all know what it's like if you do the same job day in day out you end up kind of just doing it as a routine If you go on these little courses and obviously some of them are, you know, a two hour session there's going on this morning Mm. and, you know, and it's just a a little bit of just a break away from the norm. And then all of a sudden you you might come back into your, into your daily job and think, Oh, hold on a minute. I've just learned about that. Oh, I could implement that. Mm. And all of a sudden there's an improvement within the business, even if it's something about communication and the way you communicate with people or, Mm. The way people react to you, you know, and all of a sudden you then think outside of the box mm. because of something that you've learned. So I am about empowering people and making them develop themselves.
0: And, and are they are they up for it collectively? You know, I've had I've had nothing but positive experience of the teams that you've put on various things that I've run. The seem to be invested in themselves. I mean, you'll get the odd one digging the heels in going, what do I need to know this for, I guess. So have you had to go through a little bit of that to, to drag some people kicking and screaming?
1: I wouldn't say kicking and screaming, oh. <laughs> um, but I have had the odd comment of why do I need to learn about that? Hmm. But then after that session, they would come back to me and say, oh, actually, that was really worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and again, it's the culture thing of them kind of thinking that they don't have to sit there and do that job they can make changes and they can go away and learn and then come back and, you know, implement those changes. And I think that's, what's really key. Although some of the guys have kind of been, and it has been a very few number, you know, that, Oh, why do I need to go on that? What's the point? Mm. Um, Or someone maybe have said to me, Oh, I've been on that a couple of years ago and nothing came of it. Whereas now you see people are learning that they'll go away, learn, come back, make suggestions. I'm open to suggestions.
0: Because that's, that's the other thing. If they were learning previously, there might not have been an environment for those suggestions to have been either listened to or implemented. So that yeah. really makes that a self-fulfilling prophecy of a waste of time, doesn't it? And I can see why people do that. But they're getting a different response from you, aren't they?
1: They are indeed. Yeah. As I say, just any any small little improvement... Mm. Um, I'm happy to listen to that. And
0: you know, might not be it's a phrase I like uh to, to use a lot, particularly with people. I do a lot of work around sales teams and stuff. And I get people saying, Oh, this guy or this lady's got 15 years experience. And I'll say, Is it 15 years experience or is it one year of experience repeated 15 times? And if you're never learning, you're doing the same thing you were doing 15 years ago, you're not actually developing and and the world has moved around you. So, you know, constantly evaluating opportunities to do a two hour this and a half a day that and a webinar here can just keep things fresh can't they
1: absolutely yeah I mean one key thing with Indutrade and you know and the businesses are kind of get, getting on top of this as well with sustainability hmm. and people always think sustainability is just about recycling and <laughs> I, I sent two of my RSMs I gave them the title of "Why um, Be Sustainability Ambassadors," right. and I send them on the sustainability training from Indutrade. Trade. And they came away from that, and they're like,
2: hmm. "And
1: so now they then feed that down throughout the business with regular meetings and email updates and things like that." Because it isn't all about recycling.
0: <laughs> it's not. It's not just separating your cardboard from your tins, is it, Rachel?
1: It's not. It's not. I mean, you know, again. One big step that we took as a business, we decided to replace all of our diesel cars with hybrid,
0: yeah,
1: you know, and so they plug in hybrids, and then that's what our sales reps are out there driving now, so
0: yeah. Yeah. Stuff. I'm glad they're not just electric only because they'll be stuck in the middle of Norfolk with you know, no charging points and things. And Don't get me on the electric car. I'm not sure if the infrastructure is quite there yet, but that might be controversial for the audience. I might get picked up on it, but I'm not sure. The hybrid's a good stepping stone, isn't it really, for that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it
1: was kind of, you know, a halfway because I, I was of the same opinion. We're not quite there especially for, you know, a sales guy or girl going out there, driving around, not all businesses are set up with chargers at the moment, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we just we weren't quite there, but hybrid was a very good stepping stone.
0: Norfolk, south Scotland would be a bit of a challenge wouldn't it, for electric vehicles, potentially, but we'll leave it on that. Okay. Um, I can't ignore the gender question, and, and I'm going to say this to the audience before someone calls me a dinosaur uh, and says I wouldn't ask a man this question, Okay. But you've discussed this with me privately off air, so I want to explore it. I'm not being like, oh, why are you a woman and whatever? Not not that at all. But you are indeed a woman leading a successful industrial fixings business. That's quite unusual, isn't it, I would imagine. Um, How has it been in terms of positive, negative, challenging? How have you found people reacting to that? Because you will be one of a small handful of MDs operating in an industrial environment, and therefore, by the very nature of that, it's unusual or it's not unique, but it's unusual. How how have you been responding to in that role, uh, Rachel?
1: Um, it was one of my concerns, I've got to admit. You know, like you say, it's a very male dominated industry. Um, and it was just, I guess it's just in my personality I was very much, no, I can do this. I am just as good as any man out there. Mm. Um, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I can't do this. And there's plenty mm. of, you know, women that are very successful in leading businesses out there. And I'm sure there are in the, you know, in, in, in our industry. Um, but it was a little bit of a concern, but I just embraced that. And I was mm. like, no, you know bring it on as such
0: um, at the end of the, at the end of the day it's the md role you know you, you you're not you're not going up chimneys or down mines or you know whatever it might be you know, doing heavy industry which which might be more gender challenging in terms of you know sending you down a mine or sending you up a chimney i don't know if we still do that anymore but um you know the md role is a rounded person's role it doesn't matter what gender you are does it
1: no it doesn't at all it doesn't what i would say is Initially I think, you know, maybe the the other male MDs in the in the industry would probably be a bit, you know, it's a woman, what does she know? <laughs> um, but I soon put them right because that's that's the sort of person that I am. Now, if I was a shrinking violet, it might have been a different story. Yeah. But as a people out there that know me, I'm no shrinking violet.
0: No, I suspect. Um, I suspect you know. I I know you reasonably well enough through various things, but I don't know you uh, that well. But you don't strike me as a shrinking violet, red, so. no.
1: <laughs> And the thing is, as well, I think, um, if anything, I've probably gained more respect from the other male MDs, and you know, across the board in the oh. industry, because of being a woman hmm. and because of my finance background. Because people, I think people are more shocked about
0: my finance background than they are about me being a woman. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, to be fair, you can hide that one, can't you? You can't hide being a woman, but you can hide the fact you come from a finance background if you really need to, but that's okay. I could have called this episode Getting Your Hands Dirty is a gender agnostic choice, but I thought it might be a bit too heavy and highbrow <laughs> for the for the audience. So there's still a percentage of people that you have to convince then, is there?
2: Yes, I'd
1: say so. Yeah. Um, As I say that... Some of the, probably the smaller companies um, that are probably not so much out there in the industry, the larger companies are totally fine, but it's probably the little smaller ones that are a bit like, oh, you've got a female MD. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the look on people's faces when you meet them face-to-face or even over teams and things like that, you know, they're very much, oh, wasn't expecting that. Really? And then, you know, it's just it's just about embracing the 21st century
0: you work in the construction industry and, and I've got lots of clients in and around the construction sector and they're making massive strides, aren't they? In terms of you know gender equality Are they're making massive strides in terms of, you know, uh, equal apprenticeships and, you know, um, female senior engineers and female sort of senior project directors and all that kind of thing. I, I know loads of people who are, you know, uh, very successful uh, in the construction industry and the construction industry themselves are embracing even more of that. So, I guess the bigger companies, you would, you it'd just be like, so what, wouldn't it, really, in in that respect? It's maybe, the, it's maybe the old young black type companies who would look at you in a sort of, sort of slightly strange, prove yourself kind of way. I guess, but you know, they they're getting to be few and far between, aren't they? You would
1: hope.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you've had a lot of momentum. Last couple of years have been interesting and momentous I would say in equal measure so what's next for you and what's next for YB you mentioned about the 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 brand being sort of an ongoing thing but what's next for you what's your next challenge that you're facing in the sort of 2022 onwards
1: Um, so we have just recruited a new head of operations Um, they will be joining the business at the end of May Um, and again that's, that's a role that we've not really had in the business before Um, So that person's going to come on board and help, you know, streamline processes and things like that. We've got a a recruitment drive going on in the sales department as well. Um, We've got a recruitment drive going on in our workshop. Um, So we are a growing company when it comes to number of employees. Um, And, you know, we go into different, we've we've got lots of exhibitions going on this year Mm. um, for us attending and displaying, as well as attending and learning, meeting new suppliers and things like that um so it's it's an ever-evolving business um and that's what I love about being MD of YB is the possibilities for me I I just think they're
0: they're endless well Um, I think a couple of things to pick up on that it's great that exhibitions are back isn't it you know I mean the 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 energy of them with they've been so badly missed haven't they you know uh, um one of the things that one of my clients said to me in May 2020, I said, how do you generate your business? He said, we do two big exhibitions a year, one in Dubai and one in Frankfurt. And this was at the height of the, the, the you know lockdown. I said, how's that going to work out? He said, yeah, you know, and we had to think of other ways of doing it. But they've been sadly missed, and particularly in, in, in industry as well, because... A lot of exhibitions, generalist exhibitions, are a bit dull, really. You, you've got a florist next to a solicitor next to a somebody else. I'm not a big fan of those, but for industry specific, for sharing knowledge, meeting the supply chain, they are excellent, aren't they? And and it's good to see that you're you're out there investing in that and getting back out there. And you've got a really experienced team of of, of regional sales professionals, haven't you? Who can take advantage of that. But the other thing I liked is. You've got a recruitment drive here, you've got a recruitment drive there, you've got a recruitment drive elsewhere, you've got a new head of operations or director of operations. People want to join successful businesses, Rachel. People want to be part of something, don't they? And that feels like it's got genuine momentum. So are you confident that you'll fill those vacancies, you know, in terms of the, the local area? Have you got a good pool to pull from in the sort of Wiltshire area and and and, and people will, will want to come to work for you and, and, and drive the business forward?
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the rebrand is also part of that excitement in the fact that, you know, they can see it changing. OK, we know we, we are well established, as I say, since 1979. So we're not mm. going anywhere. Mm. Um, and it is it's only going to be better and bigger going forward. And, yeah, the excitement um, of the head of operations coming in, you know, that we had four very good candidates. Um, and it was just, I think that's a sign as well. The fact that, you know, because they can see those changes coming through, they were like, "Oh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's, 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 it is an exciting time to be part of YB.
0: Brilliant. Well, a lot of that's down to you and, you know, you modestly not want to take all the credit for that, but I'll, I'll offer all that credit over the, the podcast and, and please take it. Cause if people are listening, it's not, it's not you saying it, it's me. So by reflection, you've been a fantastic guest. We've explored there, you know, looking at your role. We're looking at building the brand and rebranding. We've talked about values and the importance of culture. And we've talked about building that business momentum. And it only seems to me like you're on the edge of continued growth and development. And that's great to see. So, you know, I think we should have many more stories of this because the world's full of doom and gloom, isn't it? You know, and the stories of success sometimes get Sort of hidden a little bit, don't they? And in reality, there's lots of businesses doing great things, but you're certainly one of those, Rachel. And then, you know, credit to you in, in, in the role and uh, long may it continue.
1: Thank you very much. I mean, you, you're right, you know, with COVID and everything like that, it's been very much doom and gloom. Some companies haven't survived. Um, we are one of the lucky ones. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's, it's just going to get bigger and better. You will see us out there on social media a lot more. Mm. Uh, we've got a new TikTok page that we launched last week.
0: (laughs) Hark at you with your TikTok page, look at you. (laughs)
1: That's what I mean, 21st century company, definitely. Um, And so, yeah, we will be out and about, um, you know, here and everywhere, just from the most, you know, extraordinary place you will see YB in in a year or so. We will be there wherever
0: you look. Wherever we look, you're omnipresent, that's brilliant. Well, listen, I'm going to finish with uh, the screen share so people know... A bit more about the podcast. Regular listeners and viewers know they can click through to the website for Impactus Group and pick up the web uh, the the podcast there. It's also available on the website through all the platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, etc., etc. Um, so there's no reason for not. If you'd like to like and subscribe, if you subscribe, you'll get your regular uh, episodes sent directly to whichever platform you prefer. And finally, just on screen for those who are watching uh, on YouTube or on the website, uh, are Rachel's contact details. For those who listen, which most people do, I'll put those in the uh, uh, in the notes for the show. And then Rachel's contact details are there if you want to speak to her. And, uh, you know, you, you might get asked to be a bit of a role model of the construction industry, Rachel. You never know. There's lots of lots of people in the construction industry looking for, you know, role models to speak at events and stuff. And I think you'd be a fantastic addition to that sort of uh circle of people but you know don't don't rule things out it's great for uh it's great for for, for pr so once again rachel thank you for being a fantastic guest really enjoyed that and uh we'll catch up uh, at a future indertrade and, and and yb event very soon absolutely thank you very much nick thanks for
1: having me no problem thanks